Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Bouncing Back, the Personal Resilience Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I am your host, Joanna. Let's get started. Hi guys and welcome to Bouncing Back. I am your host Joanna and today we will be talking about how resilience and perseverance work together to help us during difficult times. I'm so excited to be joined by our very own podcast host Gabriella Yastra who is the host of the On the House and the Room by Room podcasts. Hi Gabs, how are you today? I am good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, it's awesome to have you back here because you took over Bouncing Back for a while, so it's really great to have you back again. Yeah, I was going to say, does anyone recognise me? Familiar um, face? Yeah, it's weird to be on the other side of the table now. Yes, I remember when I was there doing my first little intro here, so it's very cool. Uh, let's jump straight into some get-to-know-you questions. I thought we'd spice it up a bit because I'm sure you've already answered some of these before, but is there a current movie or book that you're watching or reading at the moment? Yeah, so um, I'm always reading something because um, I can't get to sleep without it. Yeah. Um, so I'm currently reading um, The World We Made or The World We Make, um, which is a duology. So I'll talk about the first book because I yeah. don't think it makes sense to talk about the second book. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. So um, the first book's called The City We Became. It's by N.K. Jemison. Okay. I don't know if you've read any of her books. No, I haven't. Okay. Highly recommend. So I've also read her other uh, two of her other series. Um And I just, so the book, this book, um, The City We Became, is about a city which uh, basically comes to life and has these avatars, um, but they're being attacked by this really evil entity and they're um, trying to find each other in the city um, and also fight off these people um, whilst also discovering who they are. And it's set in New York City. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's really cool because... I don't know much about New York because I'm not from there. Yeah. It's mostly what I've seen from like TV and stuff. Yeah. But the sense that I get is it's um, really true to what New York's actually like because it's the good and the bad sides. Mm. Um, and I don't know, it's really cool. And then we had that earthquake a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I was just reading this book then. And uh, I totally thought that um, it was like Melbourne City coming alive and then I was like the avatar and I was going to be the new Melbourne and I was like... Stop, I love that. That's so good. And then I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. What was that? That actually sounds really interesting. I feel like I don't get to like read or I don't even like pick up books that I might not normally read. So I would never have found out about that book. Mm. So that's really cool. Is it like a long read? Uh, I would say not. I would say it's a medium read. It's about... Okay, five so like centimeters thick. Decent, decent. Yeah. Okay, um, but not. I didn't. It didn't take me a long time to read. Um, yeah, if you want, I can lend it to you. I've got the first book. Oh, I would love to. That sounds really great. Um, yeah. And is there like a movie you're watching at the moment, or just books? <sighs> movie. I did in fact go see the movie the other day, and I was trying Ooh. to remember what movie it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I can't remember the name because I hadn't prepared this. That's okay. <laughs> um, and I can't remember the director. So uh, Cinema Nova um, has been doing a series. I think it's Wong Kai Sin. 
but don't qu- quote me on that. Um, his movies, um, they've been because he's a Hong Kong director mm. and he's done quite a few movies. I think. Um, Look, I've only watched one of them and it's my partner who's been talking to me about this. Yeah. So it's a very hazy idea. But he's quite a famous Hong Kong director who's been making movies from for quite a number of years. So the yeah. movie we watched, um, which is which name like eludes me, but it was about this uh, man and a woman who live next to each other. They're married and then um, they discover their partners are having an affair. Oh. Um, and so they decide to pretend to have an affair together. <laughs> That's so strange. And... Um, and I think the thing that really struck me was, I mean, number one, just beautiful cinematography. Yeah. Um, the actors were wonderful. Um, it's set in Hong Kong in like the 1970s. Okay. Um, I yeah. grew up in Hong Kong, so it was really cool to see that. Yeah. Um, also, the Chang Sam, so the what the woman was wearing. Yeah. So it's the like traditional Chinese um, dresses. Okay, yeah. Exquisite. <laughs> Oh, I love when like a movie ties in like every element so well. Mm. It's really great to see. Yeah. So I spent the whole time just being like, I want that Chang Sam and I want that Chang Sam and I want that Chang Sam. Oh, uh, I I just love that you have so many like interesting recommendations. I feel like whenever we've talked about this, like we've talked about books before as well. I feel like you just always have these really cool like recommendations and I'm sitting here just watching Harry Potter on repeat and there's just no diversity when it comes to books and movies for me. So... I mean, I've tried to, um, with books, um, I'm trying to diversify what I read because I feel like I read a lot of fantasy. Yeah. Um, so talking to my friends and saying, hey, what do you read that's not fantasy that is really good and I'm mixing that into what I read. But the thing I found really great with reading fantasy and sci-fi, um, NPR released a like 50 top best books in the last decade. Oh, okay. And yeah. I'm basically making my way through that. Mm. And that's been really great. Oh, that's awesome. Because um, obviously they're like the best 50 books, so... So far, I think everyone that I've read, except maybe one or two, I really enjoyed. Yeah. And I think the one I didn't enjoy was because it's too political. I don't like political. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. I did something similar, like, I think a couple years ago where I made a list of, like, all Oscar-nominated or Oscar-winning, like, movies. And I think there was, like, a list of ten of them. Mm -hmm. And I just worked my way through them and I was like, wow, like good movies actually like exist and Mm. I can watch them like on repeat yeah that's really great so that's awesome yeah um moving into our next one hobbies is there anything you do I know you love knitting um you can talk about that if you'd like uh I actually was I wanted to talk about um something a little bit different than what I usually do so I I really love cooking and um as I said before actually um so um my family from Hong Kong or half of them are um and so I've been trying to learn a bit more about like Hong Kong cooking and what's traditional and recently we had um Dragon Boat Festival yeah and don't hate on my pronunciation. My pronunciation's bad, but um, you make these things called zhongzi, yeah. which are like um, rice wrapped in bamboo leaves, and then you like boil them for like nine hours. Oh wow! Um, we um, used a pressure cooker, so it was only two, uh, one hour to cook them. Okay, I was gonna say, are you having like something running for like nine hours? Um, when I saw it was gonna take nine hours to cook, I like called both my parents and I was like, "Hey, do you have a pressure cooker I can use?" Yeah. Fair enough. Because I'm not hanging around for nine hours for that. I wouldn't either, honestly. Yeah. Uh, was it worth it? Yeah, it was totally worth it. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun because it's quite complicated to make. And I like actually went to my mum's house and I was like, okay, we're going to make this together. Mm. So like you have to like get the bamboo leaves, you um, fold them in such a way that you can carry the rice mm. and you put like meat and peanuts and stuff in it and then you wrap it up and then you hope that they don't fall apart in the yeah. steamer. Oh, so you just have to wait. See you just what have happens. to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Oh. And it was surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I'm not that great of a cook, so I won't even say I'm going to attempt to make that, but it sounds good. Um, the other thing you do is you make like um, like 80 of them in a go because they are so oh. annoying to make. Yeah. So you just you spend the whole day making them and then you just freeze them so you can have okay. them over the year. So like dumplings almost, like you spend yeah. a while making them. Yeah, yeah, a bit like dumplings. And I mean, they're kind of like rice dumplings. Okay, yeah. Because they're like little balls of rice. Oh, and the thing you do with um, Dragon Bow Festival is you throw them into the water, I believe. Oh, so you just throw your food into the water? Well, uh, there's like some story that goes with it. I think someone drowned and they want to th- give them food. So they oh, put the cool. rice in the... I can't remember. That's a cool... That would be a cool story that I would have to look into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did read it and then I promptly forgot what it was. Fair enough. No, but I love when there's like traditions. Mm, it's really yeah. great. And do you have any pets at all? I do. Yeah. Um, I have a cat whose name's Felix. Yep. He's got one eye. Mm. He is currently not so well. Oh. Um... Uh, and um, but because of that, he's been getting medication. He's been getting um, special food. Yeah. And he is a menace at the moment. He um, climbed onto our counter, and we know, we have the normal counter, and then we've got the counter which is hopefully inaccessible to Felix. It's not. Yeah. He grabbed the loaf of bread and he started eating it. Oh no! Uh, Can cats eat bread? I think it's not great for them, but it's not bad for them. Okay. So yeah. we now have to keep the bread in the fridge so he can't get to it. Oh. Um, and he's been waking us up earlier and earlier in the morning to have dinner or breakfast. Oh. So last night he, I gave him dinner at like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. Because he usually gets his, di- his breakfast at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Wow, that's early. Yeah, it used to be 6. So you have to be up at 4 and then you just stay up. No, 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 no. He wakes us up. He wakes you up. <laughs> and then I go back to sleep again. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. S- sounds like a baby. It's yeah. A big responsibility. But he's he's a bit of a menace at the moment. I think he's just feeling a bit um, unwell and poorly yeah. and demanding. But Aww. if he continues this, I'm going to take him to the vet and see what we can do about it. Yeah. No, I hope he gets better soon. Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's so cute. I've seen yeah. photos. He's adorable. And our next one is travel. I know you've done a bit of travel in your life, but um, anything recent? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, most recently I went to New Zealand. Yeah. I uh, actually uh, lived there for about five years. Um, I did high school there, so I had some friends um, back there. Yeah. And it was really cool to go back. So um, I was living in a place called Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing interesting there. <laughs> uh, but it was really cool because when I lived there, um, I was in high school, I couldn't drive. Um, and so this time I was able to borrow my friend's car and I could actually drive places. Cool. And so, um, I actually got to see some of like New Zealand's natural beauty, Yeah. <laughs> which usually, um, I'm stuck in Hamilton and it's just boring. There's nothing there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really beautiful. That sounds awesome. New Zealand looks so amazing. Like I know people who've gone and the landscape just looks unreal. Mm. Like I've seen, you literally can walk out of like your apartment and then you just see mountains and everything's just so green and nice not where I was but oh, oh okay <laughs> but it was really cool because um I think I drove for about an hour or so and then I went to this like mountain sanctuary and um I was able to like walk up and just be on my own and I got to see some oh, what are they called cuckers oh, okay um they were just flying around like having a good time and Aww. it was really cool um are, are they like native birds yeah native yeah. birds um they're quite large about I don't know like 40 centimeters tall but yeah. like quite chunky oh okay yeah um they were very cool and I forget how good it is to travel on my own as well yeah yeah traveling on your own I've 
I have traveled on my own, yeah, but I think I haven't properly like gotten to experience something on my own. So mm. it, it's a great experience to have. Yeah. Amazing. And lastly, is there like a course you've completed recently or in the past that's, you know, been inspirational to you or something you hold on to? Yeah, so I just finished my um, graduate diploma of psychology advanced, which includes uh, writing a thesis. Oh, okay. So um, it was very interesting. I really liked it going back to it after a couple years off. because when I finished my last diploma, I was like, man, I'm sick of studying. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and coming back to it was really cool because I forgot how fun it is to learn. But I got to say, after a year and a half of juggling work and uni, I'm glad to have some time off. No, that's fair enough. You deserve it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> do you have much planned or? I have a big board, a whiteboard filled with oh. things I need to do. Okay. Um, some of them are like complete mental health courses, um, which will help me get jobs. Yeah. Um, some of them are like clean things in the house that haven't been cleaned in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And some of them's like, go and have breakfast with my partner. Yeah. No, I love that. I love a good to-do list. It's so satisfying getting to work through that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Amazing. So I think we should just go right into those interview questions. And our first one is, why is resilience important in our life, um, in your opinion? I think we need to start off by thinking about what resilience is. And having been the host on this podcast for maybe like three episodes, I have a little bit of an understanding, but not not a huge understanding. I will also say that I am not an expert here. Um I am someone who is alive and <laughs> has life experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can look at look at what I say like in that in that lens, but not as an expert. Um, so for me, what resilience is is it's a skill that you can develop, and it's sort of um, the ability to weather things, um, in, you know, hard experiences in your life. So um, you know, for example, um, you know really hard uni course, um, someone close to you dying, you know, being able to come back from that. Um, obviously all those things have an impact on you, but I guess not being too, um, I think with psychology, it's like, there are things that happen in your life and that everything affects you, but, um, it's when it starts to, um, take over your life and when it becomes a problem, it's stopping you from doing things. Mm. So I guess that's what resilience is, is being able to continue on after something has happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you've experienced so far. No, no, that's really great. And I think that a lot of people like leading into our next question as well, but a lot of people think that being resilient just means being immune to something or being really great at just having nothing affect you. So Mm. do you think that that's true? No, I don't think so. Um, Because things will happen to you. Um, So I just finished a diploma of psychology. So um, the one that I was remembering was grief. Um, And a certain amount of grief is normal. Um, In fact, if you didn't grieve someone close to you dying, there's maybe a problem there. Um, Maybe maybe not with you, but maybe your relationship with them. Yeah. But... um, I think it was like up to three months of grief is normal, you know, and that, you know, grief is hard. Grief is something that happens to everyone. Um, but it's when it sort of becomes um, over, like, I think it's six months to a year of grief mm. when it's affecting your life. You're not going out, you're not doing things. Yeah. That's when it's a problem and you need to go see a counsellor to talk about why this is happening. Yeah. So I think that that's sort of what resilience is, is 
things will happen. Things are, um, you're not going to be immune to things. Things are going to impact you. But it's about moving on from there in a way that I guess is both respectful to what has happened, but also is something that you can build off of and recover from. Yeah, for sure. And how do you think, for example, in those like three months of grieving, how do you balance grieving and feeling like it's okay to grieve, but also knowing that you have to be resilient about it? That is something I don't think I really covered in my course. So I'm not <laughs> going okay. to be able to say anything about that. That's okay. I think that it's sort of understanding that grief is normal and it's yeah. okay to feel bad and it's okay to do things that th- that what you're going through is completely normal. Yeah. So like if you feel like not going out today and not doing anything, that's actually fine. You should just, you should do it. Yeah. Um, but also, and not feeling guilty about some of the things that you're doing. Um, and also not feeling guilty about actually going out and doing things. You know, I think that there are problems when I think we feel bad when something bad is happening. You go and enjoy something. You're like, oh, my gosh, that person will never get to do that again. Yeah. But I think um, understanding those feelings that are normal, that you can still have fun and do things um, or if you don't want to do those things, then it's also fine. Yeah, for sure. Just being like true to yourself and like what mm. you want and not like yeah. pushing yourself to like yeah. go through something if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. really great. And how would you define perseverance? Mm. So I think perseverance is um, part of resilience. Mm-hmm. I think it's an aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, to be resilient, you need to have a bit of pers- perseverance in there. So perseverance to me is something bad happening, something hard. You know, um, the one I was thinking about was, um, I'm really bad at stats. So for during my psychology diploma, um, my first stats course, I was like, I could, I had to remember everything from five years ago yeah. and I couldn't remember things. And I was like, oh. trying to like do my assignments and I couldn't remember anything. And it was really stressful. I almost, um, not gave up, but like, um, decided to defer and try again later. Mm. So I think perseverance is, you know, encountering those hard things and, you know, deciding to push forward with it um, and understanding, um, you know, what you need to do to go forward and not just giving up because it's easier to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I was having a think about this idea of like resilience and perseverance. And I was kind of wondering if one comes before the other, almost like steps, like does perseverance come first? Does resilience come first? I think they kind of go hand in hand. I think that you, know, you need some resilience, I guess, to persevere, but you also need some perseverance to be resilient. Yeah. It's like with a lot of things. Um, it's not like chicken or egg situation. Yeah. Or it is a chicken or egg situation because you need one to have the other one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think sometimes you can have one without the other or like one might be happening and then you're aware that that's happening, but the other one just kind of comes in and you don't actually know you're being resilient while you're persevering. Mm. So it could be a situation like that. I think that maybe they both help each other. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think you can probably be, you probably can persevere in a way that isn't resilient. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. So I think that there are things that feed into each other. Um that can help or hinder, I guess, mm. um, or that they can be exclusive without each other, but maybe they're not quite as effective. Yeah. And how would you say then perseverance affects personal resilience? I think that perseverance is quite a, not important, but I think it is in some instances, um, an important part of resilience because, um, if you give up on everything, if you never try the hard thing, then you're not going to be able to build up that resilience and yeah. you're never going to be able to 
be resilient. Mm. Um, you're not yeah. going to come back because there's nothing to come back from. Yeah. You're just kind of, I guess, float around and not really do anything in your life. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. I feel like sometimes you need those bad or hard things to happen to actually build strength from that. Because if all things in life are good and successful, then like, what are we sort of living for if there's nothing we can improve upon, mm. I guess? Yeah. So yeah, that's really great. And on that topic of like giving up, do you, what do you think makes people want to persevere even in the hardest of times when avoidance or giving up could just be easier? I think probably hope. If That's a bit corny. But no, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like if we don't have anything or maybe even like, I don't know, spite. <laughs> yep. Yep, definitely. I guess it's it's that overarching, um, that overarching desire for something else, um, which could be hope. It could be spite. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Either one. It's just like um, I think you need to have a goal. You need to have something that you're looking forward to um, to be to persevere. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I feel like, for example, if you are trying to let go of something, you're hoping that there is something you're moving towards mm -hmm. that is better so you're not just yeah. totally giving up on whatever it is you're working on. Mm. So, yeah, that makes sense, I think. Mm. And. Do you think it, how might you like distinguish when it's appropriate to persevere during difficult times or if you should give up or when you should give up? I think that's a really good point because I think that there are some points when it is actually good to give up on something. Um, I, I think that we put a lot of emphasis on never give up, you mm. know, always persevere. But I think that sometimes it's um, not a good thing. Um, you know, there are some things that just aren't going to work. Um, and I think that it actually makes us um, happier in a sense to not always give up. And yeah. I think it's about, I guess, figuring out what is really important for you and what isn't important for you. Yeah. Um, so, for example, um, we're going to we're going to talk. Um, the examples are um, my university studies and a knitting project that I <laughs> was really frustrating me. Yeah. Um, Give, so the university project, it's really important that I have perseverance. I put in that effort because that's going to be something that's really important for me in the future. You know, it's something that I can build my career on, um, something I'm very passionate about. Giving up on a knitting project that really is not making me happy, that's not a failure mm. um, because the whole point of that is to be happy and to do something fun. Yeah. And so giving up on that is actually fine. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that all hobbies, you should just give up on all, all hobbies because uh, <laughs> you, you can't do it or it's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like that, that's also not the way to learn. Um, yeah. like I think with knitting as well, um, I think there have been a few times where I've been really frustrated and I don't know how to proceed. So instead of giving up, I, you know, find some resources, I talk to people and I learn how to do something. Mm. And that's also really important. But, um, I think, yeah, um, I guess weighing up whether or not you can learn something, whether something's so frustrating that you just cannot proceed. I think it's also fine to put something down and say, I'll come back to that later when I'm not angry. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think what you mentioned about happiness is a really good like indicator of mm. whether or not you should give up. Because I know there's this whole thing about fight for what you want and mm -hmm. all of that. But then if fighting for it isn't making you happy or pursuing, for example, a knitting project isn't making you happy, then what's the point of doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, do something that, and it's also going to kill your enjoyment of something. Mm. It's like when, I think we talked about this last time, which was, um, or maybe it was someone else. I can't remember. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, reading for enjoyment and not just reading for like, um, 
because you think you should read and because you think you should improve yourself. Yeah. Some pe- I, I um some people I find um they tackle these really long hard books and they're like I don't really read. I've been reading this book for a year, but I just can't get into it. And I'm like just read something fun, honestly. Yeah. That'll and cuz reading this hard book that you don't enjoy has ruined reading for you, for you. Just read something mm-hmm. fun that you enjoy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um and I think the same with yeah, hobbies is um yeah, do something that makes you fun, uh, makes you happy. Otherwise, you're going to give up altogether. And that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're trying to read that book and you're trying to force yourself to read it because you think it's what you mm. should be doing and you should be reading this hard book, you're just really like deconstructing your love for reading if that's mm-hmm. something you like to do. And over time, you'll get to a point where like you're like, wow, I hate reading now. Why do I hate reading when I used to love it a year ago? Mm. Yeah, so that's a really great point. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And can quitting be mistaken for giving up it was something that I was trying to like mull over in my head when I was thinking about this topic I think I mean I think that probably quitting is synonymous for giving up I don't know if there's a difference in the wording yeah um I just think whether or not um quitting is necessarily always negative yeah yeah I was thinking of like the connotations of the word like quitting seems almost like just putting it aside, you don't want to do it anymore. And giving up is more like, I've tried, Mm. but like, I just can't do it anymore. You know? I guess. I sort of see quitting as like a job, like you quit a job and I don't know, Mm. it always seems like you quit in anger. Yeah. Yeah. Quitting's very like aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think giving up is a bit more like you've given up hope. Yeah. You know, you like, I can't do this anymore. I'm giving up type thing yeah I think quitting is more associated with something physical maybe and Mm. giving up is more of like an emotional state perhaps yeah yeah Mm. no that was I was just really curious about that so I was like let's unpack that a little bit more Mm because I was like I can't figure it out yeah um and my next question is if perseverance fails do you think resilience alone can help someone in a difficult time yeah yeah because sometimes you do need to get like sometimes you do need to like let go of things um you know, if you're doing a course, if you're at uni, you're doing a course that um, you were pushed into, you really don't like, it's okay to give up sometimes and think about um, what you want to do next. That's giving up, but it's also, you need to come back from that. And that's where resilience will help you. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, that's, I guess perseverance is like the preceding thing and then resilience kind of helps you to come back from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of see it in that way as well, like when we were talking about what comes first sort of thing. Mm. I guess one does sometimes come before the other. And I know you mentioned if, for example, you got pushed into doing that course, what if like it was your choice to do it and mm-hmm. then you're like, I have to see this out because it was my choice to be here, I've committed to this, I can't give up now. I kind of think it depends on how long you've got to go and why you're doing the course. Yeah. Um, for example, if it's if you've got like six months to go, kind of just do it if you yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> Defer and come back to it in six months. Mm. Um, I think it depends on what the cost is. You've got to kind of balance that for yourself. But it is if, if it is something that you've chosen and it's not working for you, then maybe it's not worth pursuing it. Maybe you can transfer to something else that's yeah. more useful. I don't think there is a point in persevering with something that isn't going. you're not going to use later. Yeah, for sure. And what if it's more like a knitting project, you know, Mm -hmm. and there is no time constraint because it's your own personal hobby and you're like, okay, I don't really have to finish this by a certain time, but Mm. not really enjoying it anymore. Like maybe I'll just let go of it. 
in that case, I think you can just put it aside for a few years maybe. I did that with a project recently yeah. where um, I've unearthed this jumper that I started knitting and I g- gave up because I couldn't figure out how to do the shoulders. Yeah. And I look at it, man, it's so ugly. <laughs> you should wear it on the show one day. I have already unraveled it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, I think in some ways, like, if you're having trouble with something, yeah. um, sometimes it's beca- there's a reason. Mm, there, there should be always um, be a reason, yeah. And that particular knitting project, I chose a really ugly um, yarn. I chose a free pattern, which wasn't written particularly well. Yeah. And it also just doesn't look very good. Mm. Um, so I think I kind of gave up because part of me was going, well, this isn't really going to work anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy wearing it. And I've come back to it after several years of being like, oh, I never finished that project. Oh, I feel kind of bad about never finishing the project. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, I'm never going to wear it. Making this jumper will serve no one because it's so ugly. I will feel embarrassed wearing it. <laughs> Fair enough, honestly. And like literally anyone listening, this could be like a metaphor for genuinely anything. Yeah. Like we're just using knitting, but I think it could be applied mm-hmm. to so many different things. So do you think that determination and passion can help people overcome obstacles or is it do people get to a point where it's like too much and they just have to give up despite their passion? Look, I think there is always two ways to everything. Um, to a certain point, you do need determination and passion and they can help you to overcome obstacles. And I think that um, it's important to try. Um, so for example, as I said before, I had that one unit where I was just so I had no idea what was happening. I had like um, a breakdown like in the first week and I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how I can do this. Yeah. And I had to, I think over the weekend, I had to think about what I wanted to do, what was going to work for me, um, whether I wanted to defer and come back to it, um, whether it was worth doing everything at all. At all. And I think that I, I came back and I was like, I am determined to do this. I am going to do this. Um, I had to change my my thinking a little bit to do that because I was like, instead of trying to aim for HDs, you know what? I'm just going to pass this one. Yeah. Because um, I'm just and I'm just, I'm not going to learn everything. I have a bit of a completionist mentality. You know, I want to learn everything. I'm paying for this course. Yeah. I want to learn everything, and I was like, you know what? This one, I'm just going to learn what I need for each assignment, and I'm going to pass, and it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and that was also because. I really want to finish this this course and I don't want to have to wait, um, you know, another three months to finish the course. Um, so, yeah, and I that's what I did was I just changed my thinking a little bit and came back to it and I finished it. I don't have to do it again. No, that's really great. I think setting standards for yourself and, like, achieving that is also, like, resilience and perseverance mm-hmm. in a way, even if you're not achieving it to the standard that you thought Mm -hmm. but you are achieving it to your goals then that's really great so how do you think for example going off of what you said about overcoming obstacles how does that make someone stronger or Mm. more resilient yeah so as you said before so as you said before um with um give me a sec so as you said before like if you if nothing happens in your life and everything's easy then you don't really have, um, I guess, a place to start off with, with um, uh, being resilient. I guess, I don't know if you've seen the whole gifted kid thing online. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So it's like um, gifted kids, you know, in in high sc- in, in school, um, they're quite smart. They don't really have to try with anything and they get to uni 
and everything's really harder. They don't know how to study mm. because they've never had to study before. They were just kind of good at everything. Yeah. And so they haven't had the chance to build up that study ability, to build up the feeling of failure and coming back from failure. Um, whereas, okay, I have dyslexia. Um, I School was not – it wasn't necessarily hard for me, but it also wasn't easy for me. Yeah. Like um, I had to go home from maths – and basically relearn everything every night. Oh. And so, um, and I had to work really hard to understand what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky because my mum was able to help me with everything and I had a really great support system. But my other friend who sat next to me texted the entire class. She didn't pay attention to anything at all. Um, and she got better marks than me and it used to annoy me because I worked so hard. I did mm. every, I did every, um, I did every question on the homework. I listened to everything in class. Um, I don't know how she's doing now. I'm not saying that she's doing badly or anything. <laughs> but um, it, th that just sort of puts me in mind to all those comments I see about gifted kids. I don't have that because I've always had to try hard. Yeah. And in some ways it's good because um, I just know how to, I know how to approach things, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's like perseverance as well. Like you can see other people around you not having to try as hard as you and still doing better than you. But the fact that you're persevering and you're pushing through that mm. is also resilience. Yep. And so I think we're starting to see how those two things can tie together. And they're just pretty synonymous, I mm. guess, with each other when it comes to different situations in our life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, amazing. And now I think we'll move on into our practice and habits experiment debrief section. So here I'm just going to ask you a few more like personal questions, as you know. And so our first one is, is there a practice that you have to help you deal with perseverance or a strategy that you use? Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of this earlier, but because I think it's so ingrained in how I think in some ways it's kind of hard to say that this is one practice that I do. Um, I think in some ways it's about understanding what you can and can't do. Um, and so as I, as I said before, I have dyslexia. So there are some things that are harder for me and I'm like, okay, it's harder for me to do this. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to beat myself up about that because I can't change that, but I can work harder. So it's not as it's not as big a deal, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's like um, coming to work on time. Mm. Um, you know, you try your best to get to work on time. Sometimes you make a mistake and you catch the wrong train. Yeah. And you come to work and you're like, okay, well, I've made a mistake. I have to catch the earlier train next time. But sometimes something's going to happen, like the train breaks down while you're on it and you're going to be late to work. And then accepting that, you know that was a freak accident mm. and you could never have planned for that. And you can't beat yourself up for being late to work in that case. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I guess I'm not sure how you develop that, but I guess practice that mentality of figuring out what things you can and can't control mm. um, so that you know where to apply the perseverance. Okay. Yeah. So for example, like something bad happens to me, but I wasn't really in charge of that bad thing happening to me. So mm -hmm seeing that and knowing that I can persevere through that because mm -hmm. it's not 
something that I've done to myself. Yeah. But then if it's something that you know you've done to yourself, yeah. then I think it's sometimes a bit harder to persevere through that and like find resilience in those moments. And I think also understanding what you've done wrong, but not getting too hung up on it because I think people get stuck in that rut of like, oh, it was my fault. I should have done better. I'm such a bad human being. That kind of thinking is really bad for us. Yeah. Um, I think saying, okay, I did wrong here. This is what I need to do to be better for next time and just trying and trying to achieve that. Yeah. And I think a lot of us can get stuck in that rut of like, oh, I did this wrong. I wish I could go back and I wish I could change it because then that situation would be better and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to persevere through this hard moment now because yeah. I would have avoided it. Yeah. But that's also avoidance, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and then maybe next time you'll be like, instead of, because you're, okay, so you're late to work and you're like, it was my fault. I'm a bad human being because I was late to work. <laughs> yeah. I should just quit my job because they don't deserve me because I don't just, they, they shouldn't put up with that. Yeah. And that's avoiding everything. But persevering is saying, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up a bit earlier and I'm going to go to work and it's going to be fine. Mm. And that's perseverance. Yeah. So every day is a new chance to... Yeah do something better. Mm-hmm. A bit cringy, but we'll roll yeah. with it. Um, are there, what are like the great things about this practice that you do? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it makes you more resilient and better yes. at persevering. Yes. I guess that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, um, you can do it yourself. I mean, I think it's hard to do everything. It's hard to, you know, change how you think. Um, that's why we have psychologists Yeah. because um, sometimes it's too hard for you to change how you think. Um, but it is something you can do in your own time. It isn't something that you need to, I guess, you don't have to go and pay money for it if you, if you don't need to go through a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Like mm-hmm. some things you can just do on your own and perseverance sometimes seems like the most impossible thing, but having a healthy mindset mm-hmm. and looking back to past experiences of being perseverant, Perseverant? Perseverance? Um, Persevering. Yeah. There we go. We got there. And to our next question, do you think that there are challenges to the practice you do? Yeah, I don't think it's easy to change um, your mindset. Um, if, if it was easy, we would all be much healthier human beings um, yeah. because we would just say, okay, well, I'm going to, instead of sitting in front of TV, the TV and um, eating a bag of chips, I'm going to go for a run every day. Yeah. I think if it was easy to change our mindset. Yeah, we'd all be healthier and exactly. go for runs every day. Yeah, exactly. And we wouldn't have problems because we would be able to predict mm-hmm. them before they happen. So yeah. that's why we've got perseverance and resilience. Mm-hmm. So that's really great. And do you find yourself doing this subconsciously or are you more conscious of when you're actually being, you know, persevering through things? I think it depends on the situation. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes, um, particularly like when I'm driving and I'm like, oh, that was a really, I shouldn't have done that. That was a yeah. bit of a silly thing I just did. Yeah. Okay. I got to not do that in the future. I got to not do that in the future. But also if I dwell on that as I'm driving, I'm going to be a danger on the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something I definitely do. You know, um, like consciously sometimes, but I think it's also something that becomes then unconscious. Yeah. And I think that's important because sometimes big things happen in our life, like mistakes or I don't know, a difficult situation. And you know, you have to actually take time to be like, okay, how do I push through this? Mm. But then there are some things we've like ingrained into our mind to already do and push through. For example, oh, I don't want to go to the gym, but I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Like we're not super conscious. We're being 
like pers- I'm really stuck on if perseverant is a word. Perseverant? Um, if I think, okay, persevering through it. So I think there are both instances. Um, some are bigger, some are smaller. Mm. And I think that, I mean, with, you know, with, um, you have to start off with everything, like every habit, you have to start off doing it really consciously. Yeah. Like when you start a habit where you're like, okay, I'm going to go for a run every day. You've got to think about it. You've got to set it in your diary. Every day I'm going to go for a run and you have to think about it. But once you've started doing that for a few months, you're going to be like, okay, it's time for my to, for me to go to my run. I don't, you don't need to have the, you know, calendar reminder to do it anymore. Yeah. So you start off with doing it really subconsciously and um, finding it hard and then it becomes easier. Yeah, and I think I remember learning this from another guest or I think I might have read it online, but I think it's like it takes 30 days to reinforce a habit into your routine, like actually having to, don't quote me on this, but like properly force yourself to do it before it becomes just natural. Mm, I definitely heard that before as well. Yeah, so I think we can apply that to here as well. And... I don't think you could say you have a certain time you set up to do these things, right? It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that setting up time in your life, in your life schedule um, to, I guess, have a bigger think about your life um, is a good thing to do, though. Um, Obviously, you know, um, there are going to be things where you're applying it directly because something has just happened. But I think also you know, um, saying going for a, a walk where you have time to think about things where you're not listening to podcasts um, or talking to someone um, where you can think about what you want in your life um, and what you want to do and reflect back on things is really important. Um, and I learned that in my psychology diploma about mindfulness. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. I'm glad we can apply it here. Yeah. And in those moments where you've decided to take time to actually reflect on things, and you're thinking about some bad things that have happened or things you failed at. Mm. I think, do you think it's important to also use resilience in those times to make sure you're not putting yourself in a bad position just because you're thinking of these negative things and reflecting on them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've all experienced, you know, trying to go to sleep at night and remembering every bad thing that's ever happened to you. So yeah. there's a time and a place for these things and a, a way to do it. Um, ruminating, I don't believe is particularly good for you. Mm. Thinking about all the bad things you did and like, oh, I should have just done better. I should have just done better. That's not good. Yeah. It's, I guess, setting up um, a time when you feel calm, when you're ready to actually do it you know, not getting any sleep and you're trying to go to sleep is not a good time to do it. Yeah. Doing it in the middle of the day when you've, you know, you feel awake enough to deal with these emotions and um, is a good time to do that type of thing, Good, do that type of thinking. Yeah, I think I've always found that upon like waking up is not the best time to do it. You need to set yourself up for your day mm. and then do it sometime throughout your day when you know you're you know you're supposed to be being productive and doing things and definitely don't do it at night when you're supposed to be winding down and you mm. know going to yeah. sleep sort of thing. Cuz I think it can be um yeah, it can be emotional some of these things and um disrupt sleep is really important for us. Um and yeah, we don't want to disturb that because it's just going to make you worse tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think there's a time and a place even for being resilient and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to persevere through things. Yeah. Which is great. So I think we're ready to get into our open mic section. Okay. So was there anything you would like to talk about with us? Genuinely could be anything. Okay, yeah. So um, 
Uh, I got into knitting um, mostly because when I was working and studying, um, I didn't have time to get the sewing machine out. That's my other hobby. Um, but knitting's cool because you can like pick it up and do it in 10 minutes and then put it down again. Yeah. So I brought it here today so I can knit on the train because that's the person that I am. Oh, I love that. I love having things to do on the train. I feel like mm. it's so fun instead of just sitting there, you know, like people watching sometimes. And I think we've got a little something. Okay. Um, Show and tell. Our little helper has uh, brought... Studio Goblin. Studio Goblin <laughs> has um, brought uh, my knitting basket so I can show off what I'm doing at the moment. Go for it. We'd love to see. First of all, this is the jumper that I knitted that I'm currently wearing. It's all that I'm wearing at the moment because it's really, really warm. Stunning. I don't even know how you made that. That just looks like I would buy that from a store. I know. I, I think it's crazy that I turned like a ball of yarn into something that is wearable. I think it's crazy it's still. It's magical. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm so excited because it is like the warmest jumper I have. And I'm like, I need to make 10 more of these. Oh, I love it. How long did it take you to make that one? Three to four months. Oh my God. I would have been like, oh, maybe like a week or two. Oh gosh. No, <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was knitting it in meetings too. Oh, that's, that's a really great way to pass time. Yeah. And then this is my current project. And, um, get it, get it right way around. I feel like I'm in primary school right now. Just like I'm sitting and waiting for someone to bring their things out. It's so great. Okay. Oh, that's so cute. This is my first proper color work. Um, talking about perseverance, I had to learn how to do this on the go. And I almost gave up because it was all weird. But I've decided it's fine. It looks amazing. It looks so professional. I don't think there is a single fault in that other than the fact <laughs> it's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. It's uh, patterned by uh, Dear Ingenue. Ooh. It's the um, sweater of swords. If anyone wants to do it, because I saw this on the Reddit knitting page and I was like I have to make that immediately that I love it yeah um so yeah I'd like it because there's swords and there are moons and I just think it's oh cute. I just realized that's what it is oh so cute yeah. I love it and I love that type of stuff so yeah I've been knitting this since March okay and how long do you think you've got left mm, I've got the rest of the body to go so I've got like that okay. much left but it's pretty easy knitting it's not like complicated so Maybe another month. I hope to get it done by uh, winter. Yeah, the end of winter. By the end of winter. <laughs> some point during winter. So that's probably for next winter. I'll probably just wear it because... Fair enough. You've made it. Own it. I'm Even during summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love it. Well, mm. I think that also brings us to the end of today's episode. So it was amazing to have you here again and chatting to you. And I hope we've left people with a little something they can think about with resilience and perseverance. And I hope they can apply it in their life as well. So for those of us who want to find out more about you, where can we go? Yeah, great. Uh, so I have two podcasts. Um, so you can find me there. Um we talk about home organization on the Room by Room podcast and we talk about um, home management on the on the house podcast. And you're probably thinking they sound like two very similar things. <laughs> um, so I'll give a brief explanation about both of them. So yeah. um, on the house, household management is about the things you do in your house and how to keep it running. So things like cooking, finances, gardens, whereas um, home organization, Room by Room podcast is more about how the house can be built and organized to facilitate your life. So, um, you know, where should you, how should you organize your kitchen yeah. to make it easier to cook? Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and you can find them on, um, we've got YouTube, we've got um, 
every podcast platform you could possibly We're think everywhere. of. Everywhere. And you should be able to find that in the show notes. Um, same as where you can find this podcast. Yeah, amazing. And very different to what I talk about on my shows. So I hope everyone gets on there and learns a bit more about how to organize their homes mm-hmm. and their rooms. So thank you so much for being here. And like Gabriella said, we've got all of our details in the description below. So to everyone listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're on. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Bouncing Back, the personal resilience science insights podcast produced by the Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people find it and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, pr.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Joanna. Thanks for tuning in.